1: Hey, everybody, welcome back into the Woody Hayes Athletic Center. For practice report is brought to you by Byers Auto, Ohio State. One day, one practice closer to a top 10 matchup with Michigan State on Saturday at noon in the horseshoe. That is Spencer Holbrook, Tim May, Jeremy Birmingham. I am Austin Ward. And uh, a busy evening for the Buckeyes as they get through uh, an outdoor practice getting ready uh, for the Spartans. And they sent out a couple of seniors and Chris Olave talking about his last opportunity in the horseshoe. And CJ Stroud, one of a, a rare opportunity to talk to the quarterback in a non-post game session. I thought there was some pretty enlightening comments from him. Uh, handful of other Buckeyes. Berm, anything jump out to you that's your number one takeaway tonight?
2: I think it's just the balance of, of everything that's going into this sort of game. You're obviously playing a top 10 team. You're at home. You're trying to play for the Big 10 title, the college football berth, the senior day. There's all this stuff going on. and. You know i thought it was interesting just kind of enlightening chris olave was asked about the fact that michigan state has the number 130 ranked pass defense in the country and he said yeah we've know we've noticed we, we know that <laughs> and he wasn't trying to say it in a cocky way i think no. he just was like hey you know we know that that's an opportunity um and that's something certainly you see the buckeyes with a lot of confidence heading into this game about what they think they can do offensively
1: both chris olave and cj stroud they may not say an awful lot of words but they always cut straight to the point maybe that's that California uh, lifestyle for them but you know CJ said it you see their 130 they get a stat sheet a printout when they go into the week and tips like they know that that's the situation but you still have to go out and actually execute that and take advantage because they said, I mean, this is a Big Ten team that's ranked in the top ten that's won a lot of games.
3: It's weird because they said that, but at the same time, they said all the right things about, you know, respecting the opponent and knowing that they're better than what the numbers show. And I think C.J. Stroud did a really nice job of of kind of correcting the question, saying, like, well, we know that we know the stat, but at the same time, we know that, you know, that they're a good defense. We're going to have to do, prepare just like we did. And. Uh, the other thing that I noted was they're just as focused right now. You know, everybody wants to, to turn the attention to the rivalry game, but that's impossible this week. And, I, and a lot of these guys went through it in 2019 when they had to play Penn State the week before they played Michigan. And I think that's an important experience for some of these guys to know what that's like, to focus up before the rivalry game. You prepare for that 365 days a year, but you got a massive one right before that. And uh, this, this is a confident bunch, but it's also a pretty locked-in bunch.
4: Yeah, you know, I ask CJ if there's a sense of maybe – more confidence coming out of last week's game compared to the previous two weeks. You know when, in fact, this offense clicked on every cylinder last week. I think we all agree on that. And uh, and he you know basically said yeah, but he he didn't get into like this rah 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 stuff. It's more like you know getting your job done. You know day to day, play to play, and practicing uh, focusing on uh, on what's coming Saturday. But uh, the other thing I asked him though, do you, do you feel blessed having these three receivers? Because you know we've talked about it all along. The analogy I used is he's a he's a race car driver who got plunked into one of the great race cars out there. All he had to do was learn how to drive this thing uh, competently, hit the right buttons and stuff, and and he went through. Instead of talking about the receivers, he went through the litany of everybody he's blessed to be playing with, including the offensive line and including the tight ends, including the running backs. And uh, this is a guy, at least with us, uh, the way he expresses himself, definitely gets it. He's part of, he's a part of this uh, machine right now. But let's face it, he is the most important part, and uh, he wants to keep it on the down low and just keep improving and. That really impresses you. He didn't get in there and start bragging about himself being a, like we were talking about, the odds on possible leader for the Heisman Trophy, et cetera. You know, that comes in three weeks. I think that something like
1: this, maybe it doesn't matter to everyone out there, but uh, it does to me and those around covering the team. I think in some ways, the fact that CJ Stroud, who's always been available after games, uh, including when he lost one in week two, yeah, those sorts of situations still in pads still high emotion, uh, running through your blood, adrenaline, like they're not a great opportunity to get to know CJ Stroud. And Berm and I, you know, went out to California and Rancho Cucamonga and have spent sit down. Like I'm not going to say that we know him better than anyone else, but we've got a different insight. And I think in a lot of ways he's been judged um, unfairly in situations that are are difficult and challenging. And to sit down on a Wednesday when there's, you know, a chance to relax and rewind and talk about some of the things that he's been through. It's a lot different than, you know, right after a game, like, did you need to run the football more? Like, those things are hard to answer, and you get a different perspective um, when you're removed from that, and he's also just a, a he, he's not the same as Justin Fields. He's not the same as Dwayne Haskins. He's not the same as JT Bear. He's got a different personality. Yeah.
2: But he's the same that he's been since we yeah. were out in California in 2019, and that's what impresses me is that CJ really, the moment isn't too big for him, and it hasn't been, despite the fact that he's been put into the spotlight. And even today, I mean, CJ Stroud's a redshirt freshman, and of course, people want to ask him about Quinn Ewers because why? I'm, I, I get it. I guess people because well, he's gotten to watch in practice. People we want to have, people yeah. want to yeah. talk That's about legit. it. There's
4: it doesn't
1: make any difference. There's like
2: a yeah. lot of rumors out there about Quinn and, and CJ. You know, said, hey, I, I'm taking him under my wing. I'm trying. I was homesick and far away from home. Like, there's a lot of things that. It's easy to listen to that and think, "Oh, this is a guy that's been here for four or five years, like like J.T. Barrett was." But C.J. No. has been here for two years, yeah. and and he does understand that he has a role to play in this team that is, I think, bigger than just being the quarterback. And that's what constantly impresses me about him is he he answers the questions directly, every time, post game, tonight, wherever you talk to him. Um, and you know, it kudos to C.J. for not letting himself become something bigger than what he was i
1: think that's my point about the way he's answered that stuff like i'm not a running back like the the thing he kept saying to us when he was still in high school was like he doesn't like it when people are wishy-washy he is not going to lie he's not going to pretend something is true and not true like he's a straight shooter and it comes off uh, i don't know differently to some people than others and people like scoffed and said that i was blindly defending him like that i thought he was joking about the running thing i mean what he's saying is how he feels. I appreciate the about it, about him because not all quarterbacks do that. Yeah So this is
4: so this is about you, not him. No, I'm just messing with In you. some ways, yeah, yeah, I guess. No, it no is, you're but, no you're I exactly mean, right. We all knew what he meant.
3: You know, I mean, but if you want to take it a certain way, you can. He's got a lot of conviction about him, and I think that's one of the things that, that I think is the most impressive about him and you know.
0: even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. So he wears everything
3: on his sleeve, whether it's I'm not a running back to, you know, I'm going to throw it to the guy that's open to me, even to stretching into his, his faith. You know, that's off-putting to some people, but that's CJ Stroud, and he's not going to apologize for anything that right. he says or anything that he does. And I think that's one of the reasons that He has become a leader of this team is because when he says something, it's real and and he means it. And it's, you know, it's it's rooted in, you know, the truth of what he's trying to get across. And he's not going to mince words about it. I think that's the thing that impresses me the most, especially when you see it on a Wednesday and not just on a Saturday after a game.
4: What I like most about him at this moment in this season, this juncture, is his confidence is. You know, I think it's always been there like you guys got to know him and stuff he knew he was capable yeah give him the shot but his confidence now and like I, I remember I asked uh, Ryan day that question a couple of weeks ago you know how do you how do you play that thing between confident and cocky you know and I think he he's a perfect example of how you play it confident and uh and like you just said uh, I like his direct answers to questions and he doesn't just like he puts some effort some thought into his into his yeah. answers which is outstanding from a media <laughs> standpoint.
1: Yeah, and it's different when you just have five minutes and they're going to yeah. move you off of the podium. We don't have to continue to belabor that point. I, I do think there is an element of this still where uh, he, he's in tune with the perception of him. And he, he doesn't truly care about it, and he will address it. But this is a different situation. You're being called the Heisman Trophy frontrunner. Yeah. You're dealing with success the same way that he had to deal with criticism. He's doing all this for the first time at Ohio State. Now he's had a lot of adversity in his own in his life previous to Ohio State, so I know that that won't phase him. Uh, I talked to him about that a little bit after um, practice tonight. Um, we'll get into that a little bit later on because I think he's probably going to wind up in New York City. We'll have time for those stories oh, then. Yeah. Berm, anything else that uh, jumped out to you tonight?
2: I oh, mean, I think it's the story of Chris Booker, the story of Bradley Robinson. These are the guys that we got a chance to talk to walk-ons guys have been here a long time brad robinson whose brother played at michigan is another long snapper booker you know just the joy that some of these kids have about the opportunities that they get and i think sometimes we spend a lot of time talking about oh the next big star but there's so many pieces of this puzzle that make a successful football program and you know we see mayan williams come out tonight and mayan has had a rough year. I mean, there's a lot of people who would say, oh, he should be looking to transfer. And all he's trying to do is get better every single week. And we saw Mayan last week kind of be healthy uh, and what he can bring as a compliment to Travion Henderson.
1: And they like to compliment each other. Yeah, yeah they and, and, do.
2: He, and he's realizing what his role is. And that's important as, as anything else. on the team where this kid thought probably five months ago, he thought he was going to be yeah. the man. And now he's realized, hey, I have a role to play. It may not be what I thought it was. But that sort of, op- but that goes across the board. That even goes to Chris Olave. This is a kid who came back to be a, <laughs> to be a superstar, first round pick, and he's going to be a first round pick, and he is obviously a superstar. But he's sort of overshadowed on his own team with, with Garrett Wilson and Jackson Smith and Jigbo. But these kids don't care. They just they're, they're all moving towards something together, and I think that's obvious.
3: That's the underlying, I guess, uh, theme of the night is you know accepting your role. Chris Olave knows his role despite being the best wide receiver in America. Bradley Robinson, Chris Booker both have roles to play. Paris Johnson's playing guard, for God's sakes. He's at the number one tackle in the country. <laughs> you know, could could be the number one pick next year, and he's playing guard right now. And then, you know, uh, C.J. Stroud's grabbed the leadership role completely, you know, by the horns. And so it's it's one of these, you know, kind of crazy things about this team is there's so many five-star guys. There's so many superstars that that could have these egos, and yet— what you're seeing right now is a bunch of guys just doing what they need to do to get to the college football playoff. And I think that's why you're seeing them start to rise to the top of, of the rankings, to rise to the top of the Big Ten, the you know, Vegas odds. All of that stuff is not because of the superstars. It's because these guys know their roles, and they do them really, really well.
4: Yeah, it's just funny because I asked uh, Chris Olave about, uh, about David Boston a couple of weeks ago, and you know, he hadn't really done any research. And he admitted he still hasn't Googled, you know, done any research on David Boston. Uh, the guy he's about to pass, but that's just like guys like like me want to know how he sees himself
2: historically at well, Ohio State. I mean, he well, because is, Boston no, was four years before he was even born. Well, he did play in San Diego. No, wait a minute. Where, now, why you slam? The point
1: is, I'm, he's not, a, I'm he's just about saying, to, like if you exactly. ask him about
2: Mike Thomas, exactly like, the guy But, but you can you
4: can Google video of they, I'm I'm not slamming him for that. My point is, he 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 didn't he didn't fake like you know this big deal about yeah. David Boston. I mean, he knows he's about to pass that guy on this list. Probably leave him in his dust is the main thing. And that's what I got to with him. You know, the senior day that's coming up where he gets to run out, you know. Yeah, he he left no doubt that he's taking advantage of that because this will be his last game in Ohio Stadium. But he has left his mark. And uh, a lot of guys come in here four or five years later, don't leave their mark. And it's just a remarkable moment for him because, you know, this time next year somebody's going to be chasing that career uh, touchdown uh, catch mark at Ohio State, and it's going to be Chris Olavi's they're going to be chasing. And I wish it had happened last week when I made that big, bold prediction, but it uh,
2: I, I didn't. I asked Chris, I'm like, he's very, very, like, emotionless. Yes. And very, you know, milk toast, boring guy. And I said, you know, when is this going to hit you, everything that you've done here? And he said, maybe after the game, but he said, it doesn't matter until after then. Like, nothing yeah. matters except for getting there. And I was trying to get him to cry talking about <laughs> yeah. senior day. Yeah. But, you know, I... I'm gonna, here's a bold prediction, a bonus bold prediction. Uh, you guys will see the other video on Friday. Chris Olave is going to cry coming out of the tunnel before the game on Saturday. Jeremy Ronaldi.
1: I think uh, <laughs> he's gotta go last, right? I yes. mean, he's gotta be the last one introduced. Well, I don't know, Haskell's Haskell. Haskell, Garrett, uh, yeah. and you have a block O, like you've, cool. got, you've got three the candidates got. there, three captains, three candidates to go last. I mean.
2: A real brotherhood, they'd all walk out together.
1: Oh, well it is about individuals on this one day. Last guys that were off the practice field, Berm will really appreciate this one, I think. Uh, Lathan Ransom and Cameron Martinez, they turned out the lights. So like, you guys have to get off the outdoor field. Those defensive backs get in some extra work.
2: I I don't wanna keep, uh, this show's gonna run long, but I did ask Lathan, how hard is it as a kid who expected to be the starter this year. And now you don't know week in, week out, how much you're going to play, if at all. How, much, how difficult is that with confidence? How difficult is that with competence? And, and Lathan admitted this, this has been a tough year for these defensive backs because they don't know. And, and I, I wanted to get to the heart of the question, Spencer, which is, is this rotation stuff driving you guys as crazy as it does us? And he, <laughs> and he, he said, that's my role. That's what I have to do this year. I have to be ready no matter what. Everything's about roles right now.
1: That's a great point. That's what they're here for on the yeah, practice Wide report. receivers
2: should keep their roles in mind on Saturday. I night. wish that this was the pre-Thanksgiving show because then we could talk about dinner rolls and walk right out the door. Austin, end this. I, I'm
1: so hungry. That's yeah. all I
2: got to say about Birmingham. This
1: has been the practice report brought to you by Byers Auto. It's fully off the rails. That means it's time for us to go. That's Spencer Holbrook, Tim May, Jeremy Birmingham. I am Austin Ward. Uh, stay with us for full coverage of Michigan State coming into the horseshoe on Saturday at noon
0: at LettermanRow.com. Thanks for tuning in. See you next time. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win?